So let me read James 1, verse 18 through 25. We'll pray and we'll get started. Verse 18 says, oh yeah, you can stand. I'm sorry. You can stand if you'd like to stand. Forget that. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Okay, now look at verse 22. This is the one that drew me to this passage. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Father in heaven, we ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to uh, reveal truth to us, to reveal Jesus to us, to reveal how we ought to approach the word of God. And Lord, we pray that your word would do exactly what it says it will do in us and that you would transform us and make us into the image of Christ. Father, we ask to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Lord, help us today in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Okay, so first thing you ought to see is there is great encouragement. I like to be encouraged. You like to be encouraged. There's great encouragement in this passage of Scripture. Because you'll notice in verse 18, uh, James says something pretty awesome. He says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Brought us forth is a word, that is a phrase that means born again, like you, you come alive. Okay? And, and, and you'll know, notice by people's testimonies, that's exactly what happens when you become a Christian. What happens? You actually come alive. Right? So it says he brought us forth by the word of truth. Okay? So what he's saying there is that the word of God, the Bible, has the ability to change you supernaturally. It has the ability to make you new. It has the ability to, to make you like Jesus. It has the ability to, to give you joy that's inexpressible. It has the ability to give you peace, to be, give you satisfy your soul. It has the ability to, to loose you from enslaving sins, to, to bring you to life on the inside. The Word of God has that power, okay? So James says, he brought us forth. He brought us alive by the Word of truth. Now, my question for us to grapple with this morning is, then why doesn't it always do that in people, okay? So if the Word of God is what it says it is, and I believe it is, it's this, it's this spirit-alive, um, spirit-inspired Word that actually has the power to change people's lives, why doesn't it always do that? Why are there times where people hear a sermon and all they can think about is roast, you know? Why is there times where people do their, their quiet time, and if you ask them 10 minutes after they get done, they have no idea what they read, they're, they're not changed in any way. Why, why, is it, why are you able to be a part of a Bible study and you leave there and you're, you're mad? You're mad about something somebody said or something. You know, you, you're angry. You're worse than you were before. Why in the world does the Word of God not always transform people's lives? Now, the really easy answer to that, you know, from this passage is we could just look at verse 22, couldn't we? And we say, well, that's easy, Right? He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In other words, maybe the answer is just as simple as this, that there are times where we don't obey. Like, we don't obey what we hear. 
Like, like we're just hearers. We just, it, the, the sounds of the words came into our ears and we understood them in our brain and then we did absolutely nothing. We were, doer, we were hearers of the word and we were not doers, okay? So that, that's okay. That's a pretty sufficient answer, but it's not a complete answer, okay? Now let me tell you why it's not a complete answer. It's not a complete answer because I don't want you to look at your Bible like a to-do list, okay? Don't, don't look at it that way. Don't look at your Bible as this big book of a whole bunch of rules, and you open it up, and you're like, okay, what's this rule? All right, I'll go do it. You know, what's this rule? Okay, I'll go do that. that that's a terrible way to look at the Bible. That's a, that's a deficient way of looking at the Bible. That's, that's actually not what the Bible is intended to be, and it's not what it is in your life. Instead, what we find is the Bible is actually a book that transforms from the inside out, okay? It changes the way you think. It changes the way you love. It changes the way you feel. It, Romans 12, 2 and Ephesians 4 says it renews the mind, okay? So actually the Bible says about itself that it makes your mind new, Okay. Now, now the reason that that's really important is, I don't know about you guys, but most of my life is lived on autopilot, okay? In other words, I'm just responding reflexively to most situations by what's already inside of me, okay? So what that means is, is I'm driving, and as the kids are bickering in the back, you know, and they're grumbling, they're complaining, you know, I, I hardly ever stop and think, okay, God, what is the nation of Israel and their time in the wilderness have to do with my children in the back seat, you know? And Lord, how should I, how should I respond in a theologically accurate way to what I hear in the back? Like, maybe you do that. If you do, good for you. Good job, okay? Most of the time, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just responding. You know, I'm trying to drive, trying to get somewhere. I got this going on in the back seat. I'm just responding on autopilot, right? I'm responding by what's already in me, okay? Now, here's the cool thing about the, what the Bible does. It actually changes what's in you. Okay, like it changes that that whole system. It rewires, you know, when Romans 12, 2 says it renews our mind. It rewires that that inside of us. And it does that because the thing the Bible really does is reveal Jesus. Okay, that's what it does. It's not a big to do list. This is not a hey, do this, 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 check these off. That's not what it is. The Bible reveals to us the perfect man the perfect Savior, the Redeemer, the hero, the one who's going to save the world. It reveals to us Jesus. And as we see the glory of Jesus, you know what happens? We begin to see ourselves differently. Like, like, like our minds begin to be made new. We see ourselves differently. We see the world differently. We see those kiddos in the back seat differently because of having seen Jesus. There's this great verse in the Bible that we use a whole bunch here at Lincoln that really describes this process. It's 2 Corinthians 3.18. Here's what it says. It says, we all, talking about believers, with unveiled face are beholding the glory of the Lord. What does that mean? We're seeing, right? We're seeing the glory of Jesus. We're beholding the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed into the same image, into his image, from one degree of glory to another, all right? So, so the Bible confesses just what we, what we, what we assumed is that it's actually not a to-do list. It's revealing to us Jesus, the glory of Jesus. And the more we see Jesus, the more we're made new. 
The more we see ourselves in a different way, the more we see life in a different way, the more we come to trust Him and the more we come to depend on Him, the more we are changed from the inside out, okay? So I guess what I'm telling you is it's, it's a little more complicated. Why, why do sometimes we read the Bible, hear the Bible, hear it taught, teach it ourselves, and walk away unchanged? It's not just because we haven't obeyed. There's other things going on, all right? Now, what are the other things that are going on, okay? Well, Jesus, when he talked about this issue, he told a story. That's one of the things I love about Jesus, lots of stories, right? So when Jesus talked about why does the word of God go forth sometimes? Why why do people read the scriptures? Why do they hear a message on the scriptures? And why do they walk away and change? Jesus told a story. It's a story about a a guy who's sowing seed, all right? So he's got his bucket of seed here, and the seed is good, and he's throwing it out. And some of that seed falls on the highway, okay? And it never grows. Why? Because the birds of the air come. It never sinks in. The highway, you know, the highway can't penetrate it. It just stays on there. Birds come and eat it, right? Nothing happened. Other seed falls on weedy soil, right? And the weeds are covering the land. And so the seed goes in there. It tries to come up, but the weeds choke it out. Other soil fell on, other seed fell on rocky soil. Hardly had any any depth to it at all. So it came up initially and it looked good, but it withered when the sun came up because it didn't have any root. And then some of that seed fell on what he called the good soil and it it produced a crop. Now, the reason that that's important for what we're going to look at here in James is basically James is telling us the same thing. He's saying it's the condition of a person's heart that often affects whether or not the word of God does anything in them or not. So think of it from a Sunday morning perspective, okay? We all came here with different conditions of heart, didn't we? Like, maybe you, you probably came here with a different heart than you did last week, right? Lots of other things have happened. You may feel differently than you did last week. You may have a different mindset. Something bad might have happened. You might have unforgiveness going on in your heart. But we all have different, different conditions of our heart. And, and James and Jesus are saying that is a major factor in how the Word of God works in you, okay? Now, James gives us a story. He gives us an illustration. That illustration is in verse uh, twenty. Three, he says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. All right, so here's James' picture. James says, well, what happens many times is is somebody looks into the word of God and they see something, but they walk away and they forget what they saw. Let, let's, let's talk about his illustration. Why, why do you look in a mirror? First of all, let's talk about that. Why do you look in a mirror? Um, you did it this morning, didn't you? Anybody do it this morning? Probably. Um, you look in a mirror to fix stuff, right? So all of us probably have different reasons. Um, some of us, you look in there because you have these wild hairs, you know, and they spring up in the middle of the night, and they're not where they're supposed to be, right? They're supposed to be up here, but they, they, they come in other places. you got to trim them dudes off because they're, they're scary, and kids make fun of you. I'm not talking from personal experience at all, but, you know, some of us, that's why we look in the mirror. Others of you, you got you got the big, big crop of hair up there, right? And so when you sleep, sometimes you wake up and you got a fin, right? Or you got a, you got a something going on there, rooster thing or whatever, you know? So you got to fix that, right? Or maybe you, you put on your clothes and you, you look in the mirror, ah, it's not ironed or they're dirty or they don't match or whatever. But most of the reasons we look in the mirror is we want to fix things, right? We want to see what, what's going on in me and how can I fix this, okay? So what, what about this guy, though? So this guy in James' parable, James' illustration here, he, he, he's saying, well, there's some people that they open up their Bible 
And, and they ought to open it up for the same reason, right? They ought to open it up and say, okay, well, there's something wrong with me. How do I fix this? Like, what, what do I get it fixed? But some people, they look at it, they close it, they walk away, nothing happened, right? And he says, that's like a guy who gets up in the morning, sees he's got a wild hair, he's got a rooster fin, clothes don't match, all wrinkled, he looks at it, and he walks away. Why would someone do that? You know, there's a couple different reasons why you might do that. Number one, I think you might have a, a glance in the mirror, but you really didn't look. I think a lot of people do that with their Bibles, right? You just have a cursory glance. You just, you just glance as you're walking by. It looks good, you know, but if you actually stopped, you'd be like, no, it's not good, right? So some people, maybe they just don't actually pay attention to the Word. Other folks, they, they might look and see something they don't like, but instead of actually coming to the Holy Spirit, have them fix it, they just, they just deceive themselves, okay? He said that happens, right? He said some people are hearers of the Word and not doers, and, and they're deceiving themselves, right? We do that sometimes in a mirror, don't we? We look at ourselves, we're like, man, I need to stop eating that Halloween candy. And then we're like, you know what? I think I'm okay, you know? And we walk away, right? We're like, we're just like, hey, it's not that bad. If I, if I get this angle, you know, this way, pull this tight, it's okay, you know? You get away from the mirror, you're all right. Some people do that with the Word of God, right? We get convicted. How many people have been convicted of something in their life, in a sermon or, or in a Bible study, and they're like, oh, they have this initial, wow, I'm not where I ought to be, but they just kind of put it off and pretend until they can walk away, and they just forget about it. I really think some people have what I would call short-term memory loss spiritually, okay? Um, you, you know what's the reality about us, guys? We're so broken in our sins that we, we actually need to see something over and over again. I, I really believe that. I, I, think, I think our brokenness is so deep that we, we, we need the word again and again and again. I was um, visiting with little Asher the other night. And uh, he had, was a ring bearer in a wedding, and so we bribed him. Bribes are okay in certain instances. You do good, we get you this deal. He did good, we got him the deal. And so he had it. He's really proud of it. He's showing it to everybody. He's ecstatic over it. And then it's time to go to bed. And so I was like, okay, I get his clock. I'm at the bottom of the stairs. I'm like, all right, I want you to go put this on your dresser. Okay, put the. I said, I, was, I, I kind of knew it was going to happen. I looked at him, put, where are you going to put that? On my dresser, you know. So he goes upstairs to go to bed, and his mom puts him to bed. The next morning, having a meltdown, can't find the deal. I was like, okay, buddy, think. Do you remember we at the bottom of the stairs? Uh-huh. You know, do you remember me taking your clothes off? Yeah. Uh-huh. Remember I gave you your new toy? Uh-huh. Where did I tell you to put it? On the dresser. You know? I said, what would you do? I don't know. You know? He's like, I don't know. I was like, how can you not know that, man? Like, how, this, like this is supposed to be the best thing you've ever got. You know, it's your favorite deal in all of life, and you have no idea where it's at, you know? Hey, we're, we're that way spiritually. Like, we are, guys. You know, you know why you need to memorize the Word of God? Because sin is so deeply entrenched in us that it's not like we can, we can read it one time and then, then just, we're good. We're good the rest of our life. Man, we got this down. Man, I'm seeing things rightly and I'm, I'm, I'm living right. No, man, we're, sin is so deep in us. We've got this short-term memory loss. We do exactly what James talked about here. We see truth, we walk away, and we forget it, and we don't act on it, right? So there's a bunch of different ways. Tim Keller actually had a really interesting illustration for this that I'd never thought of. He said some people are like spiritual anorexics. He said they're, they're so broken that when they look in the mirror, you know, that, that's what an anorexic does. They look in the mirror, and, you know, they're 90 pounds. They see 190. 
Or maybe they see 90, and then as soon as they walk away, 190 comes back in there. You know, man, guys, I think our sin is that broken. I think some people are angry. They're deeply angry inside. They've been angry their whole life, and they'll, they'll see, and then when they look in the Bible, they don't think there's anything wrong. They'll walk away. So I, we, we got all these struggles, right, that keep us from receiving the word of God. And so what does James tell us to do? What, what do we need to do? What do we need to do so that we're not hearers only? Okay, so we don't go through our whole Christian life being like, well, I heard a whole bunch of stuff. I heard a whole bunch of sermons. I heard a whole bunch of Bible studies. I heard a whole bunch of Sunday school lessons. I, I, I read a whole bunch of devotions. But that's it. Like, it, I never obeyed. I never, I never lived it out. What do we need to do? Number one, we need to prepare the soil of our heart. Okay, I'm going back to Jesus' illustration of soil. And that's exactly what James says to do in verse 21. So in your Bibles, look in verse 21. He says, therefore... Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Isn't that interesting? He says, before you receive the implanted word, what do you need to do? You need to put away something, all right? Now, I, I know this is a theme in the Bible because if we go to the next book in the Bible, which is 1 Peter, in 1 Peter chapter um, 2, verses 1 and 2, he says essentially the same thing. Different guys, same thing. He says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, and like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk. He's talking about the Word of God. So Peter says the same thing. He says, man, you got, you got to put away deceit. you got to put away slander. you got to put away these things in order that you'll long for the pure milk of the Word of God. All right, and so, so we can clearly see one of the things that's got to happen for us to receive the Word of God is that we've, we've got to clear out what shouldn't be in our minds and hearts. If we've got stuff that shouldn't be there, it's going to hinder what the Word of God does in our lives. Let, let me ask you a question. I, I wonder, what do you think about verses um, 19 and 20, okay? I think you have two choices, okay? Here are my two choices. Number one, choice number one, James had ADHD, okay? Let's, 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 let's flesh that out. So, so do you think this is what happened, okay? James is about to talk about the word of God, right? So in verse 18, he says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And then ADHD kicked in. He's like, hey, what about anger, you know? And he all of a sudden switches to a new topic. And in verse 19, he says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And then James is like, what was I talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the Word of God. And he jumps back in, verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the Word, not hearers only. And he keeps talking about the Word. So that's our choice, number one. Do you think James just had a mind moment and just jumped onto a new topic? Or, number two, do you think there's something really important about having anger in your heart and not being able to receive the Word of God? That's the one I'm going with, okay? That's the one I'm going with. I, I, don't, think, I don't think he had an ADHD moment, okay? I, I actually think James is talking about receiving the Word of God, and so he says, hey, don't be quick to listen. Be slow to speak and be slow to anger, okay? Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness God requires. And then in the next verse, he says, therefore put away these things. And one of the things he's talking about is anger. Right? Here, here's what I believe. I believe it's incredibly difficult to have an angry heart and receive the word of God. 
I, I really believe there's some people that have heard a thousand sermons and they haven't got anything out of any of them. Their, their heart's never been changed. Their life's never been changed. It's because they have this residual anger kind of swelling up in their heart. That's why James says in verse 21, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word. You got to put that away before you can receive the word. And, and we could probably say that about other things as well, not just anger. We could probably say that about distraction or anxiety. Remember in the parable in Luke 8, when Jesus talked about the weedy soil, he, he says some people don't receive the word because the cares of this world and the riches and pleasures of life choke out the word and it keeps it from unf being unfruitful. In other words, if, if something is filling your heart besides the word of God, you gotta get that out before the word of God can come in, okay? So, so first of all, we gotta clean out the soul of our heart. And then he says next, he says, receive with meekness the implanted word. That's in 21, you see that? It says, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. That word receive is kind of a faith word, okay? It means to, to accept, to welcome something, okay? To welcome. You, you should welcome the hard truths of the Bible, okay? When the Bible talks to you about your language and about sex and about uh, morality and about marriage and about the hard things, you should welcome that as a gift from God, okay? So, so receive the word and plant it as a gift. Receive it. I had some uncles that were, were ornery, but honestly, they were mean, okay? You, ever, you have any of those? Um, they, they were ornery, they were, but they were also mean. They were not just like, like jokey ornery, they were mean ornery. And, and I learned as a kid, by the time I was probably 10 years old, I, I, I knew these guys. And so I was incredibly skeptical, and, and I would not receive anything from them. Okay, so there were numerous times where I could remember they would come up, they'd have a bag, and they'd say, hey, I got you something. You know, they'd have a little box or something. Hey, I got you something. Man, I, by, about 10 years old, I was like, hey, I've, I've been through this before, you know, and I know you guys, and, and, and I don't know what's in there, but I don't trust you, okay? That's the way a lot of people approach the Word of God. They, they don't trust Him. Like, like next week, next week you're going to come back, and we're going to be in James 1. He's going to say something real hard right off the bat. James 1, 1, 3, he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials. Man, and some of us, right, we're going through hard, hard, painful, life-wrenching, gut-wrenching things. And here the Bible offers us and says, hey, I want you to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And some people are going to be like, hey, I'm not receiving that. Man, that, that's, I'm not receiving that. Okay, what James is telling us, though, is you need to clean out your heart. If it's full of stuff that should be there, clean it out, and then you should receive Receive, accept, welcome. Welcome the word of God for what it is. It's a gift of God in your life. One of the things that's happened in our, our culture that is really scary is there's a lot of people that are approaching the word of God like they approach the Golden Crowd Buffet, you know? I'll take a little of this. No, none of that for me. Some of this, none of that. You cannot come to the word of God that way. There, there are churches in America who, who basically say, hey, we don't believe this part of the Bible. We don't, we don't accept this part of the Bible. Okay, now, here's what you're doing when you do that. You, you're coming to the Bible and you're saying, I, I'm, I'm not submitting myself under the authority of the Bible. I'm, I am over the Bible. I am the authority over the Scriptures. I'm going to tell the Bible what is true and what is false instead of submitting myself to receive the truths of the Scripture as a good gift from God. There's some hard stuff in the Bible, isn't there? I mean, absolutely. Man, there's some, it asks you to do some difficult things. All right, it does. 
And, and, and here's the kind of heart you need to have if your heart's going to be transformed. You need to have the kind of heart that receives that. And then notice what it says, with meekness. Did you see that in there? Look in verse 21. It says, receive with meekness the implanted word. You know what meekness is? Meekness is humility. Meekness is teachability. The, the meek person is the opposite of the angry person. I don't know if you've known this, but uh, it's very hard to give counsel to an angry person. Um, that, that's a hard thing. You know, there's been times where I've had to say some hard things to an angry person, and what I try to do is talk to them long enough to bring their anger from, like, DEFCON 4 down to, you know, 1. I mean, I, like, I got to get it. Because think about angry people. They're, they're, they're demanding their rights. They're, they're this. They're, and they're, they're not open to reason. Well, James is saying, instead of, instead of being angry, you need to receive the word with meekness, with this teachability, Okay? And then, next thing, so clear out your heart, receive the word with a teachable meekness, a humility, and then notice what he says in verse 25, okay? A couple things here. He says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, okay? That's our next step, perseveres. Clean out your heart, receive, welcome the word with a teachable, meek spirit, and then persevere in it. Now, I'm going to talk about that more in just a second. But, but first of all, let's look at the, 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 the phrases James uses for the word, okay? In that verse, he calls the word two things. What? He calls it the perfect law and the law of liberty. You see, those, those are things that I want you to embrace by faith. I want you to embrace that this is a perfect book. It really is. Like, it's everything you need. And not only is it a perfect book, but it's, it's, it's a book that brings freedom, he says it's the perfect law and it's the law of liberty. Liberty's freedom, right? You, you know what's interesting about that is that a lot of people look at the Bible as this book of rules that's going to squelch their freedom. It actually does not do that. It actually sets you free, okay? You may think that without Jesus you have freedom. Without Jesus you have the kind of freedom that an astronaut has to take a walk out in space, okay? Like you can open the door and go out, but it's going to kill you. All right? And, and the same thing is true about sin. Like, you, you can live in sin, but it's just going to bring misery and death. It's not really freedom. Right? But the Bible actually frees you. It frees you in a way that nothing else can free you. And so, so he says, the one who looks at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and then he says, and perseveres. All right? Now, now let me take you back to Luke and show you a cool thing that Jesus said here. In Luke 8, in this parable of the soils, the last verse of it, he said, As for that which is the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, and then Jesus uses this phrase, hold it fast. You see that? Here, hearing the word, hold it fast with an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. I think James is saying the same thing Jesus is saying here. James is saying the one who looks into the law of liberty and perseveres, okay? In other words, he keeps going. He keeps going. And, and Jesus says, the one who hears the word of God and holds it fast. Right? He, here's what he's saying. In order to bear fruit, you're going to have to hold on to the word. A lot of people think, well, I'm, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to step out in obedience one time, and then I'm going to evaluate this thing, see, see if I got all that, that I've ever dreamed of, and then I'm either bailing or I'm in. Okay, the Bible says that's not faith. Okay, faith is you grab onto the word of God and you persevere. You hold on to it. You hold it. You know another way that you hold on to the word of God is you, you meditate on it. Meditation is, is not, not, not like Eastern meditation where you sit down and make sounds and empty your mind of all your thoughts. That's not the kind of meditation that's in the Bible. 
Meditation in the Bible is you grab onto a verse and you, and you look at it again and again and again and you celebrate it and you cherish it and you believe it and you trust it and you shape your mind by it. Tim Keller said, and I, I believe this is true, he said it's like that mirror that we talked about, it'd be like taking that dude with you, okay? Like if you imagine, if you grab the mirror, this, don't do this, people think you're weird, but if you grab the mirror in the morning, you, know, you looked at yourself, you got, the, you got the rooster deal taken care of, you got, and then you just took the mirror with you. And all day, you're just, some people probably do this, don't they? Yeah. You're just fixing it all day, right? All right, that, that's what Jesus is saying when he says, hold it fast. This is my pitch to you for scripture memorization. The verses that have transformed my life are, are verses that I have come to memorize, either through because I go back to them so often that I just memorize them or I intentionally memorize them. But they're, they're verses that, that I hold on to. I hold it fast. I persevere in the truth of the scriptures. Okay? Now, clean out your heart. Receive, welcome, meekly. Humble yourself under the word. Receive it as a gift from God. Persevere in it. Okay? But now we're right back to the beginning. And here's what I would tell you. At some point, there has to be a step of obedience. Here's where a lot of people just don't ever take the step. There's a lot of things in the scripture that's scary. A lot of things are unknown. A lot of things are, are risky. And, and listen, guys, when you don't obey, it's because you don't trust him. There's a lot of this stuff that you, you've got to come to the point where you're like, do I trust him or don't I? And, and I would even say this about my own Christian life. Much of my initial obedience is mechanical. What do I mean by mechanical? I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not reflexive. I'm not on autopilot. Now, some of it has come to be autopilot. Isn't that awesome? That's great. I want that. I want that for you. But a lot of it started out very, very mechanical, very intentional. I, I would say this. The first hundred times, I bet, that I shared the gospel with somebody, it was pretty mechanical. Like, like I, I got put in the situation. I'm like, okay, Jesus, you told me to share. You told me to make disciples. You told me to, to be ready to, to, to give a testimony of the hope that's in me. You told me these things, but this is awkward. I don't know how to get the conversation started. Ah, you know, and then at some point, I've just got to be like, okay, Jesus, I believe you more than my fear. And I'm stepping into it. Guys, most of the things in my life have begun that way. There was something I discovered in the word. I was convinced of it, and I had to take a step of obedience. Man, some of the stuff even, even that you wouldn't think. I, I was thinking about this the other day. We like to sing the doxology around our table. You know where that came from? Ephesians 5. I was reading Ephesians 5 one day, and it says, you know, be filled with, don't, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then it says, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And, and I thought, man, that's, that's got to mean that I'm supposed to be like singing in my everyday life. Like that's, that's what I took from that passage. I'm like, how does that work? I don't know. But I just kept coming back to it. And I'm like, at some point, I had to take the step of obedience. So you should, she should have been there. It was really fun. Like I got all my family around the table, you know, six kids. And, and we're like, actually, I don't know, Asher was with us at that time, five kids. And I'm like, all right, guys, everybody's ready to dig in. We pray. And I'm like, hold on, we're going to sing. Everybody's like, sing you know and i'm like <clears throat> you know praise god you know and, and everybody the first time everybody just looked at me they just just what are you what's up man 
Now it's reflexive. We, we sing, everybody sings. We try to encourage each other with the song. But I'm telling you, the first time, it was like, okay, I see this in the Word. I trust you, Jesus. Seems really funny, but okay, let's give it a go. And I'm telling you, most, most things in my Christian life are that way. Everything from, from picking up hitchhikers and, and sharing the gospel to, to joy. Like, I can't tell you how many times on the way to school, I've told you this before, we, we say Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And there's a lot of times where, like, like blocks are going by. We're getting closer to school, and I'm like, man, I'm a hypocrite to say that verse today, God. And you know what I got to do? I got to obey. Like, like, school's in two blocks, you know? I, I just, I, I got to just take a step and say, okay, I'm happy. I'm happy, God. I'm happy, you know? I'm happy, and I am. Like, like God save me. I'm not going to hell. I've got every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Give me a family. He's provided for us. Okay, God, I'm happy. Let, let, let's say a verse, kids. This is the day the Lord is. Do you see what I'm saying? Like at some point, you have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. You got to obey. Now, here's a really exciting thing. A life of that is a life of blessing, Okay. So the way James ends this, in verse 25, he says, The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Let me give you Jesus' version of what James just said, and then we'll be done. Ready? Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Live a life of obeying the word. Don't just hear it. Man, it'd be a shame for you to get to heaven and say, God, I heard 3,423 sermons. God, I read my Bible 16,000 times. And yet you never actually obeyed it. You never actually were transformed by it. You never actually were blessed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the word. God, we want it to transform our lives. We want to not just be hearers, but we want to be doers of the word. God, we, we want to see the glory of Jesus in the scriptures and be transformed from one degree of glory to another. God, we want to come to you with a meekness and humility that welcomes the things that you give us, the truth that you give us. Father, we want to be these people. We want to be a people changed by your word. So God, make us these people in Christ's name. Amen.